Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported thousands of women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. So if you're frustrated, if you're doubting yourself, if you're not enjoying the journey, there's a better way. Together, we'll break through your past patterns, we'll eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and most importantly, enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks so much for joining me. Okay, last week, we talked about mindset and perspectives to bring into the end of the year. And today I want to talk about strategies, actual tactics, things to do differently. I was live with uh, my consistency course members the other night doing one of our coaching calls. And I was saying the truth is we have all started a year strong. Maybe we've started most years strong or the majority of years strong. But what most of us don't have as much experience in is finishing the year strong. It's so easy to say, I'll get back on track after the holidays or, you know, I'm just going to ride it out, but I'm going to get serious when January comes around. And I want to encourage you not to do that. And that doesn't mean that you need to go on this extreme path of radical change for the last two months of the end of the year. I don't suggest that at all. What I suggest is looking for small degrees of improvement most days, all days, little baby steps. And today we're going to talk about a few ways to live that out and also enjoy the holidays and also enjoy your family time and your traditions and your travel and all of those different things that come for so many of us at the end of the year. The first thing I want to remind you to do differently this year is to focus more on what you can do and less on what you want to avoid. Focus on things you can add more than you focus on things you want to subtract. So often people approach this from the standpoint of I need to spend less money or I need to eat less sugar or fewer processed foods. Take a gentler approach for what a lot of people is probably a less restrictive approach, and instead, look to add things. And it might be one of these examples I'll give that you want to focus on, or you might find that there are a few of them that you can dig into and prioritize and work to incorporate most days. Things like eat more protein, right? Instead of saying, I need to drink less, or I need to eat less sugar, or I need to indulge less, or I need to stop binging, I'm going to focus on eating more protein. I'm going to make sure that my breakfast, my lunch, my dinner, and my snacks are protein forward, meaning the primary component of the meal is protein, or at least protein is a significant presence in that meal. Focus on eating more protein, even if you're at a party. Instead of, I need to stay away from the dessert table, I'm going to make sure that I get adequate protein. Not just at the event, but leading up to the event, for breakfast that day, for lunch that day, for a snack in that afternoon, and also at that party, at that event. When you're traveling 
instead of, oh, gosh, it needs this needs to not be a free for all. Focus on I'm going to make sure that I'm seeking out and prioritizing protein. Another one, focus on drinking a lot of water. Focus on walking more. Trying to get 10,000 steps, or if that seems crazy, focus on 8,000 steps, 7,500 steps, 5,000 steps. It doesn't matter, but focus on moving more, potentially more than you focus on what you feel you should do less of. One thing that I've been doing is getting in more weight training workouts. Postpartum, I first started working with a trainer once a week, and then I went to twice a week, and now I've added in weight training sessions on top of that so that I'm weight training five times a week. That feels really good to focus on that more than I'm focused on things I want to do less of. It feels for me personally a lot more lighthearted, more freeing, more flexible to focus on things I want to add more than I focus on things I want to avoid. Doesn't mean I don't focus at all on things I want to avoid, but I'm focusing more on things I want to add. You can focus on taking your supplements This is what my husband is focused on. For me, it's very easy to take my supplements. That doesn't feel like something I have to build a habit of. It's already a habit for me. But for somebody like him, most days he's like, ah, I just didn't even think about it. So that's something that he's working on adding as a way of finishing the year strong. Prioritizing sleep is something you can focus on. Managing stress, maintaining perspective. A lot of folks lose perspective real fast. And maybe that's one that you want to focus on. Another strategy, and these are year-round strategies, but I think they can be especially helpful in times of year where there's more travel, more treats, more social events. Know what's worth it and what's not. It doesn't mean that you don't want a lot of things, but start to look at what is worth it and what is not. When I go to a party and there's like a cooler full of alcoholic beverages or kind of just a really run-of-the-mill red and white wine, you know how sometimes at events it's just sort of a pretty generic red wine, white wine, not worth it. Now, if somebody who really knows wine brings me a special bottle of red, that might be worth it. But the generic table red, table white, meh. For me personally, I'd rather have a great cookie. And for me personally, a store-bought cookie, nine times out of 10 isn't worth it. Not worth it. Most of the time for me, the starches at a meal don't appeal to me as much as dessert. I'd rather have the dessert than the roll or the stuffing or the mashed potatoes or whatever. Now, you might be thinking, oh, well, I want it all. I'm not saying you don't want it all. Just like when I see an ad on Instagram for like cute kids clothes and I click it, I might add 10 things to my cart. They all look great. I want them all. But I understand and I acknowledge the repercussions of overspending. So even though I want it all, even though I could use it all, even though I can make a case for it all, I don't get it all because there's just repercussions to me saying yes and spending, spending, spending. The same is true when we talk about food or alcohol. 
But a lot of times we perceive the repercussions to be different because we're not talking about a more tangible asset like money. And and a lot of times people struggle with spending too because they don't perceive it as tangible because we're using a credit card or Venmo or something like that. But with food, there are still very real repercussions. With alcohol, there are still very real repercussions. Are you acknowledging them? Are you being honest about it? Or is it just all about what you want? Here's the thing that I remind my clients of regularly. You already have the skill of not going overboard in some area. Maybe for you, you have that skill with money. Or maybe for you, you have that skill with alcohol. See, with alcohol, for me, it's very easy to not go overboard because I hate feeling buzzed or, God forbid, drunk. I despise that feeling. It is incredibly uncomfortable for me. And so it's easy for me to not go overboard with alcohol. With money, same thing. I I have built up this awareness of what is comfortable spending and what is uncomfortable spending. And a lot of times what happens when people struggle with food or with sugar and things like that is they're just putting their head in the sand and they're pretending that there are not repercussions because they say, well, I can do better tomorrow as though that erases what was done today. But it doesn't because it does still impact your energy. It does still impact your blood sugar. Therefore, it does still impact your cells and your vascular system and the demand on your body and all sorts of different things. We have to be real about understanding and acknowledging the repercussions. Practice seeing what's worth it and what's not worth it. Just practice it. This was new for me when I first started practicing it. And now if you were to go out to dinner with me, chances are there would be something on my plate on the table that I'd be like, Meh, I tried it. It's not worth it. Not worth it. I was I was telling my clients the other night, um, one of my girlfriends had messaged me that Whole Foods now carries these high protein bagels in the freezer section. I don't remember what the brand is called, but they're basically high protein bagels and they're very high fiber, very high protein, very low carb. And she's like, oh my gosh, you have to try these, yada, yada, yada. So I did. They're terrible. They're awful. Now, here's the thing. I could probably put bacon and egg and avocado on it and some cheese and make it a bagel sandwich and think it was great because really the flavor that I'm getting is the bacon and the egg and the cheese and the avocado, and I'm only getting the texture of the bread. But the fact is, I wouldn't eat it alone because texturally, it's very much like a bagel. Flavor-wise, it's nothing like a bagel. It's not worth it. I'm not doing it. No, thank you. It's just not worth it. A lot of times what happens when we see like the bread basket on the table at the restaurant is if we were eating the bread plain, it probably might not be worth it. But when we slather it with butter, all of a sudden we can have four slices. No problem. Slow down and ask yourself, is it worth it? Do I really love this or am I masking it and just going with like a textural experience? Really be present and think about these things instead of being on autopilot. The other strategy that is just a very valuable tactic all year long, but especially can be something you lean into practice, is stacking early wins. A lot of times these 
holiday social things are later in the day. It's a holiday party. It's a afternoon or evening with your family. Stack your wins early in the day. Get up early, get some stuff done, drink your water, get in your protein, go for a walk, have a workout. Things that you might not ever even associate with a a win. Keep your car clean. Take pride in your appearance. Things like that that just make you feel like you can stand a little taller, like you are in control of your choices, like you're taking great care of yourself and your life. Look to stack those early wins. Maybe that's vacuuming your floors or it's getting all the dishes out of the sink, whatever it is for you. But there's these little wins and they're different for all of us that give us momentum and the feeling that we are on top of things and in charge of things. I like to have my breakfast be a super clean meal. I like to get a workout in early in the day. I like to keep my kitchen clean. And when I do those things, it has a ripple effect on everything that happens later in the day. So stack early wins and experiment with what really makes a meaningful impact for you, knowing that what makes a meaningful impact for you now might not be the same thing in six months. So we have to continue to experiment with this, but really make an effort to stack those early wins. Have a strategy and learn from it. My strategy with regards to Halloween is there's just no Halloween candy for me, right? That's one that I can pass on. Now, I'll probably make cookies with Roman for Thanksgiving, and I'm going to have those and enjoy them. But I am I have a strategy for the next week or so when there's candy in the house and people are bringing by treats for the kids and different stuff. That's an easy one for me. It doesn't mean that I won't want it, but that is a commitment that I'm making. It's not worth it. It's not amazing. I've had it a million times before. It's not excellent. If I'm going to indulge, it's not going to be in a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, right? I just, it's not that I wouldn't enjoy it. It's not that I don't feel that draw, but that is just a standard that I am going to hold and that I am going to practice and that I'm going to maintain. It does not mean that I am a perfectionist and it does not mean that it should be your standard. Maybe you say, If this comes into the house, I'm going to have X, Y, Z, but all the rest of it, no. I'm not going to do the candy corn. I'm not going to do the this. I'm not going to do the this. But we like to make candy apples, and so I'm going to have a candy. Whatever it is, but have a strategy and learn from it. Practice the difference between indulging and overindulging. This is a skill set that most people who struggle with food haven't really invested in because they take the all or nothing approach so often. What is the difference between indulging and overindulging? Maybe you've never had two cookies and been done. Two cookies has turned into four cookies has turned into might as well have some ice cream. Well, since I had the ice cream, we should just order pizza. Oh, gosh, screw the day. We'll start again tomorrow. Practice this. But you have to practice it by defining it and being really specific, not just having this general intention that, oh, well, you know, it's okay for me to have it because Elizabeth said I need to practice the difference between indulging and overindulging. Know what that is. Indulging could be a cocktail and overindulging is two cocktails. That might not be it for you at all, and that's okay, but be specific and practice this. Build this skill. Indulging could be a piece of pizza, and overindulging is anything more than two pieces of pizza. 
I'm not declaring that as your standard. I'm giving an example, right? Engage others in your journey. Talk about your goals. So often there's shame wrapped up in this, whether we're talking about money or we're talking about food or we're talking about alcohol, and we don't want people to know what we do behind closed doors. Talk about it. It has more power when you hide it because there's shame and all of all of these secret things that start to pile up and make it take on a life of its own. Talk about it with your friends. Talk about it with your family. I shared a couple of times on here how one of the things I'm engaged with with my mom and my sister and her girlfriend is getting stronger. And we're talking about intentionally eating more protein. And we're talking about not only lifting weights, but challenging ourselves to progress and get more efficient in our movement patterns so that we can increase the weight and still move with great form where we're talking about our journey. How often did you train this week? How is it going? How is your shoulder feeling? All of these different kinds of things. I also talk to my kids all the time about protein and about prioritizing protein. And sure, my kids are really young, but they're included in that. And I want them to see mom prioritizing protein. And if we do something like we have macaroni and cheese, I want them to be looking for the protein. I want them at very young ages to be prioritizing that. And I want them to see that in me. So you can include your young kids. You can include your friends. You can include people you go to church with. Talk about being more selective with indulgences. Oh, my gosh, that looks amazing. I'm going to hold out for X, Y, Z. Oh, that sounds like it would be really delicious. But actually, I indulged yesterday and I've set a standard for myself of X, Y, Z. Don't be ashamed to talk about it. Engage other people in your journey. And then the last one, and this is maybe the most important one, capitalize on all the rest of the time. I did an episode about this last year, how even if you're a super social person, you might have 10 holiday parties and events, right? Over the course of Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you observe, you might have 10, maybe you're wild and you have 15. We're still talking about a 60-ish day period of time or more. So even if you were to indulge at all of those 10 or 15 events, you still have all of this other time. And it's not a matter of, well, you still have 45 days, 50 days. No, no, no. If you think that, you know, that holiday party, that's not a whole day, that's a few hours. So we're looking at maybe 5%, maybe probably closer to 2 or 3% of the time if you look at waking hours and the percentage of waking hours that those events make up. What about the 98%? What about the 95% of the time? You don't have to write off two-month span of time. The majority of your time is not invested in these social settings. Even if you think, oh, no, 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 Elizabeth, my work, they bring in treats every single day. Okay, cool. That still leaves you with a ton of opportunity to make great choices and practice these strategies, this notion that the year is over or your best bet is just to maintain, you have the opportunity to make meaningful progress in how you think about your options, in the choices that you make, And even in your body composition, I'll tell you that for me going into this holiday season, 
I am determined to put on five pounds of muscle. I am determined to have every meal and snack be protein forward. And I'll have some cookies for sure. And I might have a Bloody Mary. I'm going to try and talk my husband into doing a Bloody Mary bar for one of the holidays because we tend to host because our kids are little. But I'm still with those indulgences, with the chaotic nature of three kids under three and the holiday season and all that that brings, I can still prioritize protein and I can still be lifting weights four or five times a week. You don't have to focus on 10 things. Even when we go to holiday parties, I can still get in four or five workouts a week and prioritize protein. I can prioritize protein at any holiday party, at any event, at anybody's house. I absolutely can. That might not be what you choose to focus on, but you don't have to focus on everything, right? Pick a few things and really lean into them for the rest of the year. If you have a perspective that is challenging you, think of other ways you can see it. If you're one of those people that's like, oh my gosh, my work, there's donuts, there's cookies, there's this, there's that every single day. How do you need to have a different perspective on it so that that doesn't feel like such a burden? Is there a way that you can build strength and resilience in this season and those temptations could actually be a real gift to you, a real advantage to you? How do you need to think about it for that to be so? Like I said at the start of the episode, we have all started a year strong. And I would imagine the majority of you who can hear my voice right now will start 2024 really strong. What I want to challenge you to do is have the end of 2023 be the strongest ending of a year you've ever had. And that has nothing to do with perfection and everything to do with looking for little wins throughout the day, incremental little bites of progress, little steps forward, finding a way to embrace both indulgence and celebration and also your goals and your priorities and your values. I'll see you tomorrow.